Hello, how are you? Happy Monday. I hope you all had a wonderful weekend. Trying something new with the audio setup here. I'm actually trying my podcasting microphone, which I bought as a hyperfixation purchase slash slight impulse purchase. Um, I'd say hyperfixation now that I think about it. So happy to be getting my money's worth and that return on investment. That feels very good. Okay, let me look at my notes for class today. So today's class is going to be on unlearning old money mindsets. And, you know, I think we need to do that first to create space for the new. And then we're going to move into nervous system regulation and how we regulate our nervous system. And so I think that these are two critical foundational, really informational, um, what's the word? I'm blanking on the word, but concepts for us to be able to move forward and integrate this work. And I will tell you guys, the hardest part about this class for me has been <laughs> trying to come up with a logical sequence and order for the topics, one that is you know, sequential and makes sense and has all the pieces clicking together because truly I feel like it's all important. You know, classic ADHD brain prioritization challenges, but really it all feels important. And I think what that means, um, and also it all connects with itself. Like it's so wild. Our brains are wired for patterns and connections. That is what we are really good at. And so my brain sees like, oh, this goes here and this connects with this. And it's like a web, it's not a linear line. It is more of a matrix. And so with that, um, that has been the biggest challenge for this class. And I think what that means about the nature of this content is that it truly builds on itself, right? The things that we're working on, the things that we're exploring and beginning to understand, it all builds on each other. And so, you know, the kind of framework I want to use with that, right? We're going to be unlearning some money mindsets today to create space for new. We're going to be learning how to regulate our nervous system and then moving forward. Or the classes that we have coming up on shame and de-shaming and then identity work, like these are the two big, powerful, in my mean, I mean, they're all powerful, but in my opinion, these are super, super powerful chapters and concepts and, and methods that we are going to be going through together. And I think as we learn de-shaming our spending, as we learn identity work and, and what our needs are and how to meet those needs, who are we? All of that information is going to help ground us and especially ground our nervous system regulations. We're going to have tangible things more and more as we go forward, these tangible things to grasp onto to help us to sit in the discomfort. Okay, so with that, um, before class, I just uploaded the chapter. So again, that mindset of experimentation, if you're someone that's like, you know, I'm really loving watching these videos, but I'm getting a little bit lost or team's going a little bit fast. Please tell me if I'm going too fast um, or whatever else. It might be helpful for you to have these chapters open and kind of have them as almost notes or an outline for you to read through as I am talking through class, because I would say it's pretty much going to be the exact same content. You know, mostly I'm I'm having like an outline and I'm speaking from that outline, but it's the same core principles. And so that could be useful to help your brain focus and retain the information. Totally up to you. Wanted to throw the option out there. Um, and for this class, I really have no expected timeline on how long this class is going to take. I'm hoping it's going to be, you know, somewhere between 30 and 45 minutes, but 
I'm going to try to go a little bit slower, take things a little bit more, more gently. And so we will just have to see. Um, but again, uh, like I've said in the comments to our group for some folks, you are always welcome to watch the replay on 1.25, 1.5, 1 1.75 speed. I don't know if I'm going to be talking too fast there, but that is always going to be an option. And that can be really helpful for a lot of ADHDers to help us focus and really help the, the information be more stimulating to our brains. Okay, what else? What else? Um, the last thing too, I want to say, there's a couple more things I want to say. Let me be clear. So when it comes to this chapter, I originally had this chapter as an unlearning and a learning money mindsets chapter. However, I found that while I was going through this chapter and trying to write the money mindsets, the learning part of these concepts, I was literally just regurgitating what I have learned from my mentors, not in my own words either, like almost verbatim. And so I felt like it would be more appropriate for me to direct you to these resources. Um, I have books, I have some really, really powerful Instagram posts, um, one or two in particular, I can't remember, maybe one, um, that are just very, very provocative when it comes to money mindsets and really thinking outside of the box when it comes to money mindsets. So I'm gonna discuss those later when we get to the exercises portion. Um, however, if you guys are feeling like, wait, I really wanna learn more about this. I really wanna know more about this. This is important. Please let me know because I am 100% happy to do a bonus class. Um, you know, again, not, it would not be my content or my ideas. I would be sharing um, from these resources. However, if that would be useful for you, I'm super happy to do that. So please let me know. And on that note, right, this is a supportive place for you to get help, for you to ask questions, for you to get support in areas that you're struggling. Um, if there's an exercise you don't understand or if you're really hard, having a hard time making a connection, this group is for that purpose. And so please use the group, ask questions. Um, if you get stuck, if you're even just having trouble keeping up with the content, please reach out. You can tag me. I'm going to see everything, but you're welcome to tag me and I'm help, happy to help you help coach you through, you know, what are your options? What are the things that we can do? This is what I'm here for. So please use me, utilize me as much as you like. And then one more thing, I really want to know, I will continue to ask this question moving forward because I think it's important, but I really want to know, and I think we all really want to know, what are your insights? What, what have you learned uh, when it comes to spending? What are the tricks that you have? What are the things that you know does work? Maybe it doesn't all work. Maybe it isn't all perfect and functional, but what are things that have helped you, even if they've just helped you a little bit? I really want to lean into using this community as a supportive community, one where we can co-work co together and collaborate together and really help each other. Um, and I think right by sharing what we know, even if it's imperfect, even if it's not 100% fleshed out, even if it's not flawless, that could be an idea, a thought, a concept that nobody else has ever thought before or nobody else has ever tried before. And that could be a great opportunity for them to experiment with it. So. If there's anything that you have that you do when it comes to your spending, your budgeting, your hyperfixations, your impulse buys, anything like that, that seems to work for you, even just a little bit, or it worked for some period of time, then it wore off, please share. I would love that so much. Um, let me think. 
yes, I think that is all of the main points that I wanted to talk about. So let's jump into unlearning money mindsets. Okay, so last class, we started with an exercise. And, oh, my scrolly thing. My mouse is being weird. We started an exercise of writing down 20 to 30 things that you would buy right now. If you had infinite money, if you could be as indulgent as you wanted to, if you, right, if you didn't have to worry about the, the money in your bank account, what would you buy? And um, thank you for, for those of you that shared in the group. Thank you so much for sharing. I love seeing I love seeing what people are interested in. I think it tells us a lot about people's personalities and what their interests are. So if you have that list with you or if you have it at the front of your mind, I want you to look at the list. And I want to ask you this question. Could you have kept going? Especially, right, maybe if you if you let yourself go to 50 or if you said, I'm going to keep this list in my back pocket or in the notes app on my phone, and I'm going to continue to add things that I want as I go about my life. And, you know, even through this next year, this next five years, this next 10 years, could you have kept adding things to that list? And if your answer is yes, just like mine, I feel like that makes the point that the list is infinite. And I'm going to give you an example that I think helps illustrate this better. So, you know what else is infinite? Our to-do lists. Our to-do lists are also infinite. Okay, we're taught as children, go do your chores and then you can go outside and play. And the thing about that is, right, as kids, we have a list that we are given to by our parents in the, the framework and the structure of a parent trying to teach a child, this is what it means to do chores. And that list is finite. It is discrete. It is check these things off and then you can go play, you can relax, you can go have fun. The thing about to-do lists is as an adult, the list is never finite. The list is never discrete. It is never going to be this like thing that we can check off and then be done and not think about it ever again. The list truly is it's infinite. It is as limited as our own imaginations, right? I could sit right, I mean, I have plenty of things on my to-do list, but if I sat down and really gave myself the time, I could keep going. I could think, ooh, right, it's been a really long time since I've scrubbed those baseboards. When was the last time that I cleaned out my guest bedroom closet? Um, that needs to du be dusted. I haven't dusted that in a while. The list truly is infinite. We can always, always, always think of more things that we could do, could accomplish, could get done. And so I coach people on accepting that the expectation that having everything on our to-do list checked off at all times is a completely unrealistic and unsustainable expectation for ourselves, right? That is just not real life. The list can always be longer. It's a reflection of our own imaginations. And so bouncing back when it comes to our spending, the list is also infinite. We will always be wanting and desiring things. The more we exist on this planet, the more we learn about life and what's out there, the more we are going to want. It is human nature to want. And wanting is okay. We are allowed to want things. And I would say our capacity for desire 
is a mirror of our own capacity for creativity, right? The more creative you are, the more imaginative and varied and illustrative your desires are, your wants are. And so I will I will speak for myself here. I believe for me, for myself, it is completely 100% okay for me to want, crave, and desire. I didn't used to feel that way. I used to think wanting, craving, desiring was dangerous. It was bad because it leads, right? There's this direct connection to spending. However, right, this idea that the list is infinite, the thing about it is wanting, well, let me go back. I would say that it is not aligned with my values for myself to believe that I have nothing good in my life right now. And so that I mean, it is not aligned with my values and who I am and who I want to be to think, oh, if I just owned this one thing, I will finally be productive, happy, content, creative, fulfilled, or whatever else. As if the list were not infinite, because the list is infinite. There will never be one thing that does it for me. There will never be one thing that, okay, got to the bottom of the list, checked off, now I never have to want ever again. No, wanting is an experience. It is part of the human experience. It's part of the ADHD experience, and it is part of who we are. Um, And that, right, happiness, creativity, productivity, fulfillment, those feelings are not something that can be obtained externally. The power resides inside of me to feel this way. And so, um, yeah, I guess big picture, this perspective of the list is infinite. The, the, the things that we are going to want is infinite. It's not a list of 20 things. It's not a list of 30 things. We could keep going forever. That shows us that it is okay to want things. And it gives us a sort of distance perspective, right? I think as ADHDers, we can often have this laser focus of, oh my gosh, I'm hyper fixated. If I just had this one thing, then that's going to do it for me. And so this idea that the list is infinite, I will always be wanting more things. That helps us take 10 steps back. With that being said, and with everything I'm about to say for this next chapter, I want to be very clear. I am not a minimalist. I love stuff. I used to live in a tiny house that was 500 square feet because I was all wrapped up in minimalism and I thought that I could be a minimalist. And guess what? No, I love stuff. And I actually moved out of that tiny house to accommodate the amount of stuff that I have. Um, Lots of impulse buys, hyperfixations on a puppy that I had and puppy stuff, dog stuff, but truly... Truly, I do. I love stuff. I'm not a minimalist. And that being said, I also believe that I am no longer someone who needs needs the best, most shiny thing to replace something that I already own that is still completely functional or can do the same thing for me that I already own. So let me be clear. I use the words need, not want. I am not someone who needs the best new shiny. I want the best new shiny. That is always going to be the case. I am still going to want stuff. I am always going to want stuff. I'm always going to have interests and passions and pursuits. That is that is living a whole beautiful life. And right with that context, wanting 
does not have power over me anymore because I am allowed to want. I'm allowed to let myself want. I'm allowed to, to have things that I desire. And the tools that we are going to be learning together over the next seven weeks are what's going to help make it safe to want. So if it doesn't feel safe right now to want or to let yourself feel like the list is infinite and I will, I will continue wanting things, don't worry, it's okay. We are going to build on this. We are gonna create safety here. So the next big thing I want to talk about is consumerism in our culture. So I think, especially living in the United States, I don't know if we have any people in this group that live outside of the United States. If you do, please let us know um, what, what your culture is like. But I would say in at least American culture, if not global culture, spending stuff and having stuff is seen as valuable or better or good. And right, if you have a couch that is too old and it is out of style, it's not really okay in consumerist culture to keep that couch for 15 years or as long as it's comfortable. You, It's like, no, so consumerist culture says, no, go buy a new one right now. Go get that velvet, soft, navy blue couch of your dreams. Um, hi me, that's, that's the couch I have in my mind for my living room anyway. <laughs> consumerist culture says, oh my gosh, your phone is three months old. They just came out with a new one. You need to go upgrade. You need to go buy that new one, even though your phone is perfectly fine. And so consumerist, consumerism says that we always need to be buying more, that we are not enough exactly as we are, but we could be for three payments of $2.99, right? And, you know, I can speak for myself, consumerism in the beauty industry had me spend over $1,000 on skincare products that broke me out and exfoliating products that led to scarring because uh, it was like a, what is it, like Clarisonic? Is that what it's called? I don't remember. Yes, I think it is Clarisonic. Anyway, led to scarring, like complete waste. I had to throw all of it in the trash and I would have been 10 times better off using a drugstore cleanser and religiously applying sunscreen. Consumerism says, keep searching, keep looking. You just haven't found the answer yet, but if you just keep spending money, maybe you'll find that one thing that makes you feel fulfilled, happy, productive, content, whatever it is. Consumerism tells us, pull out your wallet if you ever wanna feel happy ever again. It's very manipulative. It's cultural programming, right? It's not just what we see in marketing ads or campaigns. It can also be, you know, shame that is put onto us by others, right? If you've ever been judged for an out of style article of clothing or for having a dining room chair set that's a little bit outdated or for having a car that's like over 10 years old and you've been judged for that by someone in your life, that is all consumerism culture. And we are allowed to decide to decide that this is bullshit and we do not accept it. And so recognizing our power here, recognizing that there is freedom and in, in that we are able to see that we actually already have almost everything we need to get those things that we want. Happiness, creativity, fulfillment, productivity, whatever else it is, we already have most of those things that, that, that can give that to us because truly the bulk of it comes from inside of us. 
So it's not about craving that next new shiny thing. It is about craving, like we are actually craving our own internal expansion to become more of truly who we truly are and to be more of our uh, authentic selves. Oh no, I might be having internet problems. Hopefully not. Worst case scenario, I will just re-record this and upload this. Um, we'll see. Fingers crossed. Okay. Let me keep going. So I think buying things can be a tool. It can be a useful tool, right? If you don't own a camera at all and you really want to be a photographer, you enjoy photography, photography is your life. Yeah, you're going to need a camera. But right, the question I want to ask is, it's 2022. Don't we all have a little something? Don't we all have uh, <laughs> cameras on our phones? Or even then, can't we go on eBay and buy a perfectly good used option um, that's way, way cheaper as like an entry level thing to like, let me get into this and see if it's something that I really want to be doing with my life. I really want to be investing a large amount of my time with this before we buy the $6,000 camera. Cough, cough, me. <laughs> Okay, so right, the question is, what's keeping us from making the most of, of having, just doing with a little bit less every now and then? I'm not saying all the time, right? I'm, again, I'm not a minimalist, um, but what's, what's to say we don't take the opportunity to make the most of what we already have and just doing like a little bit more of that? Not like 100%, not like, oh, no, I'm never gonna buy anything again. That is not realistic. I'm just doing like a little more of this. And so, right, consumerism, with, with consumerism being pervasive in our culture, it makes complete sense that we struggle with overspending when we are constantly taught that we don't have enough, we are not enough, we need more, and we should be more. And so something that kind of popped into my head is, right, this, this concept of, like, taking a step away from buying without there being functionality or utility and or creative joy, creative luxury. And I'm talking about luxury not being defined by a dollar amount of like, oh, luxury is more than $10,000 or anything like that. Luxury is a feeling, right? The slippers I am wearing on my feet right now that probably cost $15, if not less, that is luxury. That is a feeling. It is not a dollar amount. And it is something that is extremely personal and that can only be felt in ourselves. Okay. So, ooh, last one. Yes, last one. I'm super excited about this. So, stepping away and, and using what we already have is an anti-consumerist act of rebellion. And I know we have ADHD, so we all love rebellion. And so, when, right, when I meet people that are like, yes, I've had this same comfy, amazing, cozy couch for like 15 years and it is still going strong and I love it. Or they have their parents' coffee table from the 80s and they're still rolling with it. Like I used to see those people, you know, people that like kept their phones for way too long until they break and they're like shattered. I used to see those people as like, oh, you're just stubborn and you're set in your old ways and you're so not cool for having these old things when there's so much better stuff out there. But right, I have reprogrammed my brain. I have rewired my brain intentionally, right? I am intentionally decide to, to think this way of no, no, no. Now I see a bunch of goddamn badasses. Now I can, I can see anti-consumerists 
rebels here. And I think that is so freaking cool, right? I see that in others and I try to, I try to see that in myself too. So that is one perspective that I want to leave you with. Let me make sure I covered everything that I really want to cover here. Think I have, yes, I did. Okay. So let's jump into the exercises for the money mindsets chapter. Okay. When you are about to press the buy button, whether you find yourself about to impulse buy or you are deep in a hyperfixation, stop and ask yourself, does this item fit a purpose? What purpose does it serve? Do I already have something that meets this purpose? Would I be better served meeting this purpose with that thing that I already own, right? Actually using it. Maybe you weren't using it before. Could I like actually use it? Or do I really need to be buying something new? So just ask yourself that question. And so we just, just to say, we're going to be doing a lot more work here, a lot more work here in the identity work chapter. But I think this is a really great place to start, right? That idea of functionality, utility, creative, um, creative joy, creative luxury, maybe even start identifying what, what, why am I buying this? What, what purpose is it? What is it going to serve? Not that you need to drastically change your spending. Not that this is going to be the be all end all for you to stop spending altogether. I'm not saying that. I'm just, again, trying to help us create consciousness and create more awareness around our spending rather than it being a complete dissociative experience, which we're going to talk more in the next section. Okay, next exercise. And I'm really excited about this one. And I hope, I hope we do it together because I think it'd really be cool. I know Thanksgiving's this week. So if it doesn't happen, that is totally okay. But I think this is a really fun exercise. Okay, so this one's called the dopamine in your closet. So the thing about hyperfixation, impulse buys is, yeah, the, the novelty and the dopamine wear off after a while. It absolutely does. However, core concept of having ADHD, if you don't see it, it doesn't exist. And that can sometimes work to our advantage. And so when we have a hyperfixation or a hobby or an impulse buy, and we ended up putting it away in the closet where we cannot see it, that means months or years later, when you go to dig it out of the closet, you are going to get to enjoy that sweet, sweet dopamine all over again, like it's brand new. And I think the longer it's been since we've used it, the more likely you're going to get dopamine from it. So if I had to take a bet, I would bet that there is a boatload of dopamine sitting in your closet right now. So your, your mission, if you choose to accept it, is to do dig one thing, whether it's closet, bookshelf, under the bed, wherever it is, one thing that was an old impulse buy interest hyperfixation that you really loved, but you have not touched or done it in years. Just see how it feels to pick it up again, even if you only use it once and that's it. That's okay. Just see how it feels and share the results of your experiment with the group. I think this is going to be a really cool way to indulge in play and fun and, you know, kind of feeling like you're, you're getting that return on investment. You know, like I said earlier with the podcasting equipment. Awesome. Okay. Next exercise is more exploratory and understanding and again, creating the consciousness. What did your family teach you about money? What were the mindsets that you picked up from them? Did you learn that spending was dangerous or risky? 
Were you taught that it's morally bad to spend money or did you learn that spending money has absolutely no consequences? I think it's really important to explore this further and understand where, you know, where our history of spending and where are our old money mindsets, where do they come from and what are they? And then when it comes to, again, when it comes to learning money mindsets, I decided that I wasn't going to go super deep in terms of like the handbook and the classes because the the things that I'm referencing are truly not my work. They are other people's work. Um, and I feel I felt like I was just doing like a bad imitation of how they represented it, but I still think it's super valuable and super important. So again, if you're like, wait, 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 no, we really need this, please tell me and I'll be happy to do a sort of breakdown of those money mindset ideas. But the resources I have for you, there is one mind-blowingly incredible um, Instagram post by my mentor, Simone Gray Soul. So I have a QR code for that post um, in the reflections. And then there are also two great books. So one I've read, one I have not read. I plan to read it. Um, it, it has the highest recommendations from people that I really respect. Um, these two books I think are very similar in terms of ideology and concepts. They're just different executions by different, different people. So what I did was I downloaded the, um, what is it? The sample of both books. I read those first couple pages of each sample book. Um, and then I decided like, what's, which one's kind of like vibing with me? <laughs> Where do I want to start? Where is my dopamine telling me that I want to go? And I read that book. So the book that I read was The Illusion of Money by Kyle Cease. It's amazing. It changed how I coach. It changed how I think about money um, in terms of the sort of money mindsets of, um, you know, I came from a place where ooh, I could have a whole whole talk about that. Like I said, if you want a bonus class, let me know. Um, the second book is The Soul of Money by Lynn Twist. And again, two books, super similar concepts, different execution. Um, so yeah, yeah, I hope that's helpful.